Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. You may recall there were violent protests widespread across the United States a couple of years ago. And uh, a story that I got asked most often about was about two lawyers who did something extremely dangerous and stupid in New York. And now here's the thing. The fact that they did this actually had nothing to do with the fact that they were lawyers. But the fact that they were lawyers and they did this then draws attention to the profession and people say, Steve, see what those two stupid lawyers did? What's up with that? So I'll admit that when things like that happen, I'm mortified, but it looks like they're going to get what they got coming to them. New York disbars lawyers who threw Molotov cocktail to police car during a George Floyd protest. Stories from Reuters written by David Thomas, and Mike sent it to me. Thanks a lot, Mike, as I had not caught the story yet. Uh, The people who regulate attorneys in New York on Tuesday disbarred the two lawyers. And these two lawyers were charged with doing this, and they pleaded guilty. So they admitted they did it, and they said, yeah, we're guilty. Uh, Punish us. So understand that the legal process now would split into two, because it's what the courts will do to you legally and what the state bar will do to their licensing. And turns out in most states, if you plead guilty to a serious crime, you are done. It's just, it's just turn in your bar card and walk home. So they've been disbarred after they pleaded guilty to throwing the Molotov cocktail at an empty city police car during protests over George Floyd's death. Uh, New York's appellate division first department said that the two people qualified for automatic disbarment based on their guilty pleas in June. So the bar rules there say that, but it's, it's, that's common in most states. In Michigan, if you get convicted of a crime or you plead guilty to a crime, yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. <laughs> there goes your law school. Although the court's order was released on Tuesday, it retroactively dated the start of the disbarment to June when the two of them admitted in Brooklyn Federal Court to conspiracy to commit arson and possession of an explosive device. And a Molotov cocktail, by the way, uh, some of you know that I have a Finnish background from Finland. My ancestors came from Finland. And uh, the Molotov cocktail, uh, that name arose from its use in Finland uh, during World War II, what the Finns would have called the Winter War, uh, when Russia attacked Finland. And Finland was grossly outnumbered. Uh, They didn't have the equipment, the manpower, the money. They had nothing of of what the Russians had. But what they did have was ingenuity and sisu. And sisu, of course, is on one of the license plates behind me. And it talks about the the fighting spirit, the courage. Uh, It doesn't translate correctly or directly into English. But um, it's it's toughness. It's, It's the idea that when a foreign invader comes into your country with an army tank and all you've got is a crowbar... You lay in the snow until the tank drives past you and you run over and you pry the tracks off with a crowbar. And there were documented examples of that. And so the Molotov cocktail is named after the foreign minister from Russia, Molotov. And when the Russians attacked the Finns, uh, among other things, they were bombing the cities of Finland. And when asked by the international community, what are you doing to Finland? Because everyone... Uh, feels for the underdog in a big fight like that. And Molotov had said, oh, we're dropping humanitarian aid. That's food. We're dropping food on their buildings. Strangely, it bursts into flame and explodes, but we're dropping food. And so the Finns, when they threw one of these back, said, yeah, and here's the cocktail. 
to go with your food. So that's the Molotov cocktail. The origin of the name, the actual weapon or device has been used by many, many people, probably dating back the invention of bottles. So um, Mattis and Raman, that's the two people who used to be attorneys, told U.S. District Judge Brian Cogan at the time that they understood that they would lose their law licenses as a result of their guilty pleas. And I'm always amused by this, that when you plead guilty to something, a court will advise you of everything that's going to happen as a result of the guilty plea. Now, that's not what amuses me. When you're an attorney and you're being advised by the court, the court's obviously telling you stuff that you should already know, but they're often required to tell it to you anyway. So attorneys standing in front of a court and the court says, you understand that your guilty pleas will cause you to lose your law license. So they cannot possibly say, oh, we didn't know that was going to happen. Can we withdraw our pleas? No, you can't do that anymore. Uh, One of the two uh, charged here and and found guilty, uh, pleaded guilty, represented tenants in the Bronx as a public interest lawyer. The other worked as an associate at a law firm but was furloughed in April 2020 due to the COVID pandemic. And then the firm suspended him after he was arrested. And one of the things about this story was it was front page news very, very quickly. And their names and their faces were plastered all over the news. And New York media has a a way of doing this, where if somebody's face uh, needs plastering, they will plaster it. During May of 2020, there were protests in Brooklyn Uh, after the killing of George Floyd. And so in that incident, one of these two people threw a gasoline-filled bottle through the police car's already broken window and then ran to a minivan driven by the other. So one of them threw it, ran away, and then the other one was the getaway driver. (laughs) I'm only laughing because it's just so stupid. It's it's, it's so remarkably stupid, you look at it and go, "Uh, okay, um... Prosecutors have recommended a sentence of 18 to 24 months for one. And uh, actually, prosecutors have recommended a sentence of 18 to 24 months for both of them. For both of them. And they each have agreed to pay $30,000 to New York City. So uh, if I'm reading that correctly, they're going to pay about $60,000 to the city as part of their punishment. And I assume that's to pay for the damage they did to the car. Car already had a broken window, but of course this caused it to suffer some fire damage. Uh, one of them is set to be sentenced this Friday, while the other will be sentenced on December 16th. have no idea whether they got different dates on those, but you never know. Uh, that, of course, is happening in federal court, not state court, federal court. And so there are probably a variety of ways this could have been handled uh, with respect to the legal system, uh, but quite often... Uh, if they can get something like this into federal court, they'll do it. And that can often be because a fear that state courts might go lenient on somebody. Uh, and it also might be that state courts are simply uh, full uh, to capacity with cases to handle as a result of all these actions. So the two lawyers uh, who made headlines and caused me to get asked repeatedly, hey, Steve, did you hear about those two lawyers? All you had to do was say, the two lawyers, and I knew what you were talking about. And the scary part is that when you said, the two lawyers, I knew you were talking about um, a Molotov cocktail going into a police car thrown by one of them, but both of them involved in the activity. And it is such a scary, crazy thought that 
if you said, Steve, what do you really think? I think the 24 months is short. I would think they, they should go to jail for longer than that. But 18 to 24 months, and that's what the prosecutors have asked for. So if you're curious about this, there would be guidelines, and the federal courts have them too. The federal courts would say, here's what the guidelines are, and it would be a, a low range and a high range. And quite often, it'll say that for the run-of-the-mill version of this crime, the person will get this. It might be 18 to 24 months. They might say, however, if there's aggravating factors that make this worse, then you bump it up. And if there actually are mitigating factors that make it less than the typical case, then you bump it down. It's kind of hard to have mitigating factors in a story where you went to all the work to make this thing, light it, and throw it into a police car. There you go. So I'm glad they got disbarred. Uh, if you could unwind this whole thing and make it so the incident never happened, I'd be more glad if that was the case. And so would they. And of course, this all gets us back to, I say it all the time, when lawyers act badly, it reflects upon all of us. And so we have to hold ourselves to a higher standard. And this is not holding yourself to a higher standard. And I'm sure you asked them at the time, They'd say, hey, look, we're really, really upset, just like all these people. And just like all these people were going to go out and protest. And this is America. You can go out and protest. But there's ways to peacefully protest. And there's ways for you to up that beyond a peaceful protest. And there is your problem. So the New York Bar Association has disbarred the lawyers who threw the Molotov cocktail in a police car during the George Floyd protest, stories from David Thomas, Reuters published it. Mike sent it to me. And as noted, one of them threw it. The other one drove the getaway van. So there you go. Questions or comments, put them below. Otherwise, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. There's a world out there, and you've got to look at both sides of the mountain in your lifetime. There's a world out there, and you've got to look at both sides of the mountain in your lifetime.